Happy hump day. It is Wednesday. I am back from my albeit mini vacation. It was just Monday and Tuesday, right? But still great to be back talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with you. I don't know if you can see I've got that tan line. I was wearing a bandana the whole time. So, so I have this this tan line here. I know looking worse than usual. I know. I know. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? But I definitely enjoyed myself. But as I say, certainly glad to be back talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with you. Want to start today's show with a shout out to the Vendatelli a family in particular, Ange Vendatelli, who gifted me this new addition to the Locked On Blue Jay set. Check out that that uh, Blue Jay hat there. Gorgeous indigenous Blue Jay hat. That's an indigenous logo of the Toronto Blue Jays made by indigenous artist Big Nish. Shout out to Big Nish. I absolutely check out his work. He makes fantastic indigenous uh, stuff for the Toronto Raptors, for the Toronto Blue Jays. Ange Vendatelli, again, the one who, who gave me that hat there by Big Nish. Uh, she had, at the time, she had a Big Nish, so, so that... Toronto Blue Jay Indigenous logo on a hoodie. Absolutely. Two chef's kisses. It was that gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So shout out to Big Nish and to the Vendatellis. Now on today's show, happy Alec Manoa Day. If you do still indeed celebrate, I know, I know, I know, I know Manoa in 2023. I know. I actually like Alec Manoa's chances for a good game tonight, and we'll look into that in our last segment today. Also going to look at a few prominent players that have played for the Brewers and the Blue Jays. Rowdy Tellez and Paul Mullet are certainly going to be in there, right, of course. But first, as we are officially at the one-third mark of the 2023 season, let's deep dive into what we've seen so far and who's poised to have a really good second third of the season for the Toronto Blue Jays. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Absolutely thrilled to be joined by you as you're choosing to spend part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. You know I thank you for that. You know I appreciate you for that. To the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day. Much appreciated there. And for those of you helping the Locked On podcast YouTube channel grow, I want to thank you there as well. Boy, oh boy. Again, off for a couple of days. Uh, there was only uh, one Blue Jay game in there. I actually went to it. It, it was last night, uh, thanks to our uh, one of the sponsors of the show, Game Time, easy-to-use app. So I got some tickets uh, behind home plate, had a great time at the Tuesday night game, uh, the, the Milwaukee game. Of course, Milwaukee continues to be in town. Blue Jays in the midst of 13 straight days of, of 13 straight games. That's going to make 30 days overall, big picture. That's going to make 30 games in 31 days. I mean, normally you know, four, maybe even a fifth day off in there every 31 days for the Toronto Blue Jays during this stretch. And we've, every day as we'll know, right? We've talked about this a few times on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast. The first half of the season, the schedule wise for the Toronto Blue Jays is a bear. Just have to try to find a way to tread water and then make that run in that second half. I'm not sure that last place is treading water, but that's more to do with how good the AL East is, right? So the Blue Jays at home for this three-game series with Milwaukee, then go to the Mets for three. That's the only team they'll play in the, in the next couple of weeks that isn't in first place. But by the way, the Mets are heating up. I mean, great luck, right? Great news for the Blue Jays. The Mets are heating up. As is Houston, the Blue Jays will play four straight with a four-game series with Houston right after that Mets series. And then this run finishes in two weeks against Minnesota at home. Yes, Jays just took two to three from Minnesota over this past weekend. Fantastic, but still worth mentioning that is a first place team and that is an outstanding pitching team. And the Blue Jays in this last series where they took two to three didn't see uh, some of Minnesota's top pitchers. So we'll have to keep an eye on, on what the pitching matchups look like for, for that series. We're going to have to keep an eye on Toronto Blue Jay baseball for the next couple of weeks. Uh, again, last place already. A free falling just cannot afford to get too far out of the race. The schedule picks up. The schedule picks up for the Toronto Blue Jays in the second half. It looks significantly better for the Toronto Blue Jays in the second half. But 
just can't afford to be in a scenario where you're buried in this incredible division in the AL East. Now, the Blue Jays were 12-3 and at Rogers prior to those meltdowns versus um, versus uh, the Yankees and, and the Orioles, uh, you know, within the last couple of weeks. Milwaukee Brewers overall have been decent on the road, but that success was early on. They've really struggled on the road in the month of May. Uh, again, remember I was saying before in the second segment, we're going to take a look at a few prominent players that played for the Brewers and the Blue Jays in the past. Fan favorite Rowdy Telez, of course. How can you talk to someone who's played for the Brewers and the Blue Jays and not <laughs> wax poetically about Paul Molitor, legend? Now, but first, as we're officially at the one-third mark of the season for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, let's take a look at what we've seen so far from the team and from some from the individual players. Boy, have we liked it? <clears throat> man, <laughs> man. <clears throat> has, it, has it been dreadful considering the schedule? I wouldn't say that, but again, I mean, I, I keep this like the third, fourth time I've said it. We're a couple minutes into the show, but it's factual. It's a last place team, the Toronto Blue Jays, on pace for an 84 and 78 record. That would be their worst season since 2019. Blue Jays, four and four in extra inning games. I mean, not, not bad, not great. Versus the American League East in the first third of the season. Hasn't that been the issue? Isn't that why this team is in last place right now? Versus the American League East. Remember now, the Blue Jays started four and two. Remember, the Blue Jays took two out of three from Tampa. Remember, the Blue Jays stopped that Tampa. What are they thirteen and zero as they came into Toronto? Jays took two out of three in that weekend series. Then later on that week, that that, that following week, sorry, went into New York first season with a uh, first series with the Yankees. Took two out of three on that weekend series. Remember that? So they started four and two with series wins against Tampa and the Yankees. Great, not good. Great start. Since then. As this first third of the season has now closed, the Blue Jays played 15 more games after that 4-2 and two start against the AL East. 15 more games they won, but twice. Pardon? Twice. 2-13 and 13 run to close out the last... To, to close out the 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 one first one third of, of this season, my goodness, you, you see why I'm saying free falling here. Blue Jays again. I'm gonna have to mention they're in last place, but I just want to mention at this time just to mention that this this would be the first time the Blue Jays would be would finish in last place in a decade. So certainly business needs to pick up for your Toronto Blue Jays as a team on pace for 186 home runs. That would be the first time since 2014 that the Blue Jays did not hit at least 200 home runs. Unfortunately, and the reason for the no hair growth is the Blue Jays for the third straight season. As the first third of the season has come to a close, they're on pace for the third straight season to take steps backwards with runners in scoring position. My goodness. On pace for the same home record this season as they were last season through the first third of the, uh, of the schedule. But averaging the Blue Jays averaged 45 road wins the last couple of seasons. Excellent on the road. Excellent on the road. This season? on pace for just 38 road wins. Started pretty well on the road. Started well enough overall on the road. But remember a couple weeks back had that nightmare, three and six, uh, a road trip. And the three was even a sweep, right? Remember they swept Pittsburgh. Like how feast or famine is that? Boston showed them what was up. They swept Pittsburgh and then went to Philly and Philly reestablished, uh, <laughs> reestablished that. Oh yeah, Jay's your last place team this season. Yeah, that, yeah, that that, that that road trip was U-G-L-Y. It had no alibi. It was ugly. I mean, Craig, you had me at 0-4. It started 0-4 in Boston. Yeah, yeah, it was significantly, significantly ugly. How about the individual, how about the individual players? Let's, let's deep dive that. Let's start with the batting order. Yes, indeed, that is coming right up on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are going to deep dive what we've seen at the first third mark of the season from the hitters and from some of the uh, pitchers from the pitching staff as well. 
going to take a look later on at a few prominent players. Remember, we mentioned Rowdy Telez as a spoiler alert and Paul Mullen. We're going to dive into some prominent players that have played for both of these organizations. And in the final segment, we'll close off the show by deep diving tonight's pitching matchup, Alec Manoa versus Julio Tehran. Now, of course, that game and any game you can take in on Sirius XM. But first, wanted to mention to make that fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. And of course, MLB here to bet on too, by the way, of course, yes. Now, right now, new customers get up to $2,500 in no sweat first bets. Yes, that's $2,000, up to $2,500 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. The FanDuel has great promotions every day. They've got boosted odds, cash out. I mean, same game parlays, you name it. Safe and secure app. You get paid instantly. No better place to bet the NBA Finals action or MLB than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500 in bonus bets. My goodness, what a deal. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. George Springer, his war is just under one for the season. He's on pace for a 260 average with 21 home runs. It's not horrible. The 260 average, it's 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 a little below his career average, right? So we, we, we do hope that's going to improve. Certainly the 21 home runs, I mean, that's not awful, but you'd imagine George Springer would be a lot closer to the mid to, to high 20s, right, than, than in the very, very early 20s. So some work to do for George Springer, certainly. Now his arrow, as the first third of the season has closed, his arrow is pointed upwards. I think this is one of the Blue Jays who's poised to have a really good second third of the season because we saw him take some flight in May. We, we saw things get better for Springer in May. One thing I want to mention is he's hitting, you know, significantly better. And, you know, he's hitting downright well at Rogers Center. And we know that the Blue Jays' home schedule is really going to pick up as the season goes on. Having played nearly as many home games as, as almost all the teams in, 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 in baseball right now, right? We know the, the schedule has been very road heavy early on for the Toronto Blue Jays. And we mentioned Springer picking things up in May. Well, he's hitting 300 in May. In the month of May, his walks are up. His strikeouts are down. Are these good things? I mean, George Springer, big picture-wise, how could you be thrilled with the start? How could you be thrilled with the first third that George Springer has had? But as far as you know, projecting his second third, this is a guy that I absolutely think is going to take steps forward. And everydayers will know we deep-dived. We deep-dived at the beginning of the season how impactful George Springer's bat is at the top of that lineup. So everydayers know, hey, George Springer needs to get that going. Bo, what are you going to say about both? Is is war is over three? The, the the only player in baseball with a bigger war with a higher war right now than Bo Bichette is Wander Franco. Bo has been awesome. Uh, the on pace for two hundred and thirty four hits. Oh my goodness! The, the Blue Jays club record was back in two thousand and three. That was Vernon Wells with two hundred and fifteen. So Bo on pace to obliterate the Blue Jays single season record for hits. I mean, is that good? Wow. The uh, thirty on pace for thirty three home runs as well. Awesome for Bobichet, like just just a, a hitting machine. He has continued to be a hitting machine. <clears throat> Excuse me, frog in my throat there as I'm about to mention Vlad. Yeah, I know Vlad. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit forty eight home runs in twenty twenty one. Since he's hit forty, I'm going to say that again. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. twenty twenty one forty home runs. He has since hit forty total. There's just no doubt to me. You know, I. Still looking for still looking for success at Rogers Center hitting this season, right? With Vlad, especially with the, with with the power going, but I, it, that knee a couple of weeks back, remember he tweaked that knee. That's got to be majorly in play here. He's eight for forty eight since then. He's eight. He's lost twenty eight points off of his batting average since tweaking his knee. So Vlad, man, it, will, will there be an IL stint coming? I don't know, but uh, man, he he 
clearly to me, I think he's he's hurt right now, and, and we need to get him back healthy. Very to state the you know very obvious. Even with Bo going, even with Springer arrow pointed upwards, the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays are not a World Series contender if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. isn't Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Matt Chapman, my goodness, Matt Chapman, best April you've ever seen in your life, worst May you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> we just move on, right, from Matt Chapman. It's so true. It's night and day. The April was video game. The May was a nightmare. We, we, Either one of us literally could have done at least as well, if not better, than Matt Chapman in May. He was just dreadful, an absolute nightmare. It's got to be fatigue, right? It's got to be fatigue. I see the approaches at the plate are, are, are very, very similar, but that we know teams want to want to get him out high in the zone. They don't think he can get that to that pitch. He was getting to it early in the season, but he's played so much right now. The Blue Jays schedule has been such a bear, especially, you know, road heavy. He's, he's probably a little bit fatigued right now because he's just missing those pitches now at the top of the strike zone. Matt Chapman, please. You're never going to be as good as your April was, but please don't ever be as bad as again as your May was, Matt Chapman. Let's see a good second third of the season, Chappie. How about it? Brandon Belt, complete opposite of Chapman, right? In every way, lefty versus righty, but also Belt was was just dreadful in April. He's been fantastic in May, so the complete opposite. So Belt, like like Springer, in the second third, I think we can see really good things, a lot of production, a lot of really good contributions from those guys. Dalton Varshow, oh boy. Now, the Jays have had the heavy road schedule, but the, the he is on pace for 21 road home runs and three home home runs, three home runs at right, I mean, Basically, long story short, of our show, and, and and he wasn't great in, in in May, but his May was superior to April. So at least hopefully that's some good news there. But yeah, Dalton Varshow needs to pick it up offensively, in particular at the Rogers Center. How about Alejandro Kirk? Slow start offensively, just a brutal May. Now, one one good thing about Alejandro Kirk, and and why I hope we do see a very good second third of the season from uh, from Alejandro, is he is hitting well at Rogers Center. He's getting a lot more uh, home games coming up. So hopefully, Alejandro Kirk, because he has not been good in this in the first third. Hopefully, he does get that going. How about Whit Merrifield? Whit Merrifield also no home runs at Rogers Center, but nine and zero for stolen bases at Rogers Center. So the cupboard not exactly bare there. He he is doing things there. Now, wasn't as good. What, what his May wasn't nearly as good as his April. Now, in in May, he is ten and zero for stolen bases. I mean, yes, please. That's that's going to work, right? Absolutely, yes. But wit. Uh, so you know, because of that, he's had a lot more runs scored in May because he's been so good on the base pass. But his individual hitting. Boy, oh boy, here's another guy who who's uh, I really hope has, has a good second third of the season because his first third, he really, really stumbled to the finish line of the first third of this season. Kevin Kiermeyer, 2.5 war. Holy moly for Kevin Kiermeyer. He's, he's hitting over 300 at Rogers Center. Wow. He's hitting over 300 on the road. Is that consistency? Is that good? Is that going to work? Wow. Holy moly. Fantastic month of May. Now, dealing with some back discomfort right now. So his first third of the season closes on a sour note because he's injured, but hopefully that's just going to be a day-to-day -day thing and he can get back to having a sec. He doesn't even need the second third of the season to be as good as his first third because the first third was incredible. But as long as it's not a fall flat on your face in the second third type of thing, right, then Kevin Kiermaier is off to a great start to his Toronto Blue Jay tenure. How about the pitching? Jose Barrios 5-4, and four, but 3.68 ERA. That's 23rd in baseball. He's 23rd in the league. He's 24th in the league for whip. Remember, 23rd in the league for ERA. Last season, he was the worst in the entire league for ERA. Jose Barrios taking steps forward, getting a lot, getting, getting back to being the Jose Barrios we, we loved and expected to see, right? So a lot of good things happening with him. Uh, Barrios Blue Jays have won five of his last seven starts. He, he finished the, the one-third mark of the season with just two runs allowed over his last 18 and two-thirds innings pitched. Is that good? 
Is that good? Jose Barrios' arrows pointed upwards as we head to the second third of the season. Chris Bass had been sensational at Rogers, uh, closed out the the first third of, of his season with back-to-back road stinkers, so can't like that, right? I mean, he's he's had extremes, right? He's had had that that uh, he's had really some struggles on the road in the first third of the season at that St. Louis game. I mean, he's had a few in there, right? Now did have that Atlanta complete game, which was at home, so some real. Some real extremes for Chris Bassett for the veteran. Hopefully he can be a little more even keel in the second third because we've seen when he's been good this season, he's been really good. But again, when he's been bad, oh boy, oh boy, (laughs) right? Kevin Gosman, my goodness. Blue Jays averaging just three runs per start for Kevin Gosman. Like, dormez-vous, Blue Jays offense, let's go. Holy moly. Kevin Gosman, in the first third of the season, he had that seven-run first inning at Houston. He had that five-run second inning at Boston. Outside of that, Kevin Gosman, in the first third of the season, pitched 66 and a third innings to a 149 ERA. Pardon me, a 149 ERA outside of those two explosion innings. The five games in the first in this, this first third where he's had at least nine strikeouts, and that includes... Back in that uh, game, what was it, the Saturday game, I think it was, with the Seattle Wateo and Seattle in town? That includes a new career best 13 strikeouts. So the first third of the season, as is, very good for Kevin Gosman. Take out those two nightmare innings in, in Houston and Boston. The first third of the season, outstanding for Kevin Gosman. Alec Manoa, oh boy, we're at the opposite of the outstanding now, right? I mean, all the projection systems, uh, uh, projected predicted Alec Manoa taking steps backwards in 2023 they all had his ERAs in the fours I I thought I'd be stunned if that's what what was going to play out it's playing out right before our eyes Blue Jays have lost all five of Manoa's May starts they end the first third of the season having lost seven of Manoa's last eight starts and that really started the Blue Jays free fall When, when this whole free fall started for Alec Manoa losing seven of his last eight starts at that time the Blue Jays were not only in second place they were right behind Tampa Bay so Alec Manoa's free fall has coincided with the Toronto Blue Jays' free fall. No coincidence. I mean, both parties need to get that together. And for Manoa in particular at home, and, and we're going to look at this later today, of course, because we're going to deep dive the pitching matchup for today, Manoa on the mound tonight, 7.23 ERA at Rogers. My goodness. And Alec Manoa, somebody who used to dominate righties, righties are smashing him this season. Like, it, it, it is incredible. He doesn't seem to have confidence against the lefties because he's just walking the lefties like crazy. I mean, Alec Manoa in 2023 so far, unrecognizable. You say Kikuchi. Blue Jays 7-3 and three in Kikuchi starts in the first third of the season. Now, six of his 10 starts were five innings pitched or less. He's been terrible. I know he had some good starts in April. In fact, his ERA in April was three. His ERA in April, six and a half. He's right back to being the Yusei Kikuchi nightmare that we always knew him to be. Even when he was doing well in April, I mean, it's totally true to say, because his walks are down, right? I do need to give him credit there. His walks are down. But even when he was doing well in April, it's true to say that he was still getting hit very, very hard. It was sort of a harbinger for things to come. We've seen him in May just be a nightmare. If you're an everyday or you know I am not a fan of Yusei Kikuchi. I have absolutely zero faith in Yusei Kikuchi. Let's let's literally move on here. Let's close out this segment here looking at the first third of the season for the Toronto Blue Jays. Looked at the batters, looked at the pitchers. Let's look at a few bullpen arms. How about Jordan Romano? 12 for 15 on saves. Now his current ERA is three. That's his highest as a closer. The three blown saves projects out to be his worst season as well. So he's had some feast or famine moments here. When he's been on, typical Jordan Romano, he's been outstanding, but he definitely has had some missteps. I know the Blue Jay fan base wondering if if he is a World Series closer. We'll, we'll watch that closely together here. Uh, Eric Swanson has been mostly as advertised. That split finger's been great. 
The fastball has been good, but it hasn't been great. In the past, it's been great. The fastball hasn't been quite as sharp, so hopefully Eric Swanson can work that out, especially from a control standpoint as we go into the second third of the season. And Tim Meza, can we shout out Tim Meza? ERA is under one. Pardon me, his ERA is under one. He's pitched nine games in front of the home in front of the home crowd at the Rogers Center, has yet to allow a run. If you're talking prominent players that played for the Blue Jays and the Brewers, you know, most recently, you're talking Rowdy Rowdy Telez, right? And prominent might be a strong word, but he's prominent for the Brew Crew. He leads them in almost all offensive categories. But uh, but I say prominent still from a Blue Jay standpoint because Roddy Teles was such a fan favorite. This guy right now, he's leading the Brew Crew in average uh, home runs, uh, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS. Uh, he led the Brewers last season in home runs with 32. I mean, is that the left-handed bat the Blue Jays could have used? I know. But now at the time, of course, the, uh, of that trade, when, when the Blue Jays did trade Roddy Teles for Trevor Richards, and we're going to look at Richards in a moment here, uh, Teles had spent part of four seasons with the Blue Jays. His average season was 55 games and nine home runs. So had some moments, no doubt about it. Remember, he was a doubles machine when he first got called up. Remember, his mom had just passed. It, it was e easy, uh, just absolutely easy to, to really fall for and, and cheer for Rowdy Teles. We certainly wish him nothing but the best in Milwaukee, not during this series, of course, but you, big picture-wise, uh, you, you know what I mean. So easy to cheer for this guy. Trevor Richards was who he was traded for. Uh, Trevor Richards has been an absolute strikeout machine for the Toronto Blue Jays. 11.5 strikeouts per nine innings pitched. I mean, is that good? That's video game numbers. Wow, 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 wow. He's seven and four as a Toronto Blue Jay. ERA is at four and a half. So that part is not great. We know, right? We've seen it. He's had some blow up appearances for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now this season... For Trevor Richards, he had that bad game in Kansas City. Remember that 6 nothing Blue Jay lead became 6-3, and, and the Blue Jays had to go to more relievers late in that game. Remember, Trevor Richards came in, didn't even get an out in that game. That was a nightmare game. In Philly, he came in with the score of 5-4 Phillies. Remember that two-game road trip they had at Philly, a part of that 3-6 and six nightmare road trip. My goodness. But Richards came in in that one, and one of those games in Philly, it was 5-4 at the time. By the time it was all said and done and and and, and he was done, it was 8-4 Philly. So he, he has had some blowouts. Now, outside of those two blowout game, blow-up games for the Toronto Blue Jays this season, Trevor Richards, in the 14 other games that he's pitched, 19 and two-thirds innings, three runs on just 13 hits. 13 hits in 19 and two-thirds innings with 28 strikeouts, by the way. Holy moly. And those three runs in those 19 and two-thirds, that's a 1.37 ERA. Trevor Richards, you may not have noticed, he's been really, really good for the Toronto Blue Jays. His changeup is <laughs> next level. Now, if you're talking prominent Blue Jays and, and, and Brewers, of course, the, the player to mention, Paul Molitor. Paul Molitor was a, came to the Toronto Blue Jays as a free agent in 1993, joined the, the defending champion Toronto Blue Jays, right? Wanted to help them repeat. Did he ever. He's an all-star in 1993. He's second in MVP voting to Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas, of course, the star with the Chicago White Sox at that time, would, would go on to be a Blue Jay, right? Everydayers will know we've talked about that. But both Thomas and Molitor would do battle. They would be head-to-head. -head. They would score off in the American League Championship Series, and they were both ab absolutely incredible in that 1993 ALCS. The first two games were at Chicago. Blue Jays win both of those games, thanks to Paul Molitor offensively. Seen shifts back to Toronto for the for the middle three games. The White Sox win game three and game four to get back in the series. Holy moly. So the road team has won the first four games in the series, and Thomas in games three and games four at the then uh, Skydome. Awesome. Absolutely incredible getting the White Sox back in the series. Then Paul Molitor 
gets the big hit to win the game for the Blue Jays, or, or, or I shouldn't say the big hit, is big for the Blue Jays as they win game five. And in game six, back in Chicago, they wrap it up. The Blue Jays take a slim three to two lead going into the top of the ninth. A Paul Molitor home run extends it. It would go into a six to two lead. So a very, very close game. The Blue Jays would end up cruising. They would win the ALCS. We know what happened against Philly in that World Series where Mulder was incredible as well, by the way. In the uh, MVP, uh, MVP, by the way, of the 93 World Series. My goodness. In that entire 93 season, Paul Mulder, 211 hits, led led the Blue Jays, by the way, led all of baseball, by the way, <laughs> with the, with 211 hits. 332 batting average, second only to John Olerud's 363. 911 OPS, second only to John Olerud. You remember the season John Olerud had in 93. It was just insane. He was hitting 400 like into August. Just <laughs> absolutely nuts. 22. This is a 36-year-old Paul Molitor, by the way. This is 36 years old. 22 for 26 in stolen bases for the 1993 Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, Paul Molitor was amazing. And finally, let's finish by deep diving today's pitching matchup. Julio Tehran, very interesting. He was signed by the Brewers last week with about two hours notice, made his start, made his one and only start for the Brewers last week, and did a pretty good job too. Now, he's only pitched one game at the big league level prior to that, I should say two now, since 2020. So if you're wondering, is this the Julio Tehran? I think it is from back in the day, that Atlanta Braves uh, up and coming. Yeah, yeah, that's him. He, he's back on the major league scene. The They, they signed the... They signed him really. Milwaukee was was sort of a desperate is the word to use here. I mean, they've got I mean Brandon Woodruff, Wade Miley, um, uh, Eric Eric uh, Lauer, Jason Alexander, not not George from Seinfeld, a different Jason Alexander, uh, Aaron Ashby. They've got a bunch of pitchers on the uh, injured list right now. So out of necessity, brought in Tehran. He didn't embarrass himself at all. He pitched five good innings for them. That was against San Francisco. So hopefully the Blue Jays offense is going to provide much more resistance than that. Not a lot of experience for the Blue Jay bats. Uh, against Tehran in the past. Uh, Matt Chapman, two for two, both were home runs. Hey, we're looking for something to get Matt Chapman going, right? Could this matchup be the cure for what else been been ailing Matt Chapman? Let's let's watch that closely. Uh, Dalton Varshow has faced Tehran once. It was a home run. Brandon Belt, by far the most experienced versus Julio Tehran. He's eight for 20, and two of those eight hits were home runs. So hopefully some cause for optimism tonight and going to need the offense to do well because it's Alec Manoa on the mound. And I think Manoa can have a good game here tonight. Now, I really do. Uh, really, I'm basing that on the fact that he's due for a good game. The, mentally, I, I do still have faith in him, yes. But the, the this Milwaukee Brewer lineup, they're without Willie Adamas, who's their second best hitter. You, you may even consider him their best hitter, to be totally honest with you. And even with Adamas there, this Brewers lineup is weak sauce. This is not a good hitting lineup. So I think Manoa can have a good game tonight. Last August, Alec Manoa walked 13 batters, which was his season high. That was the worst month he'd ever had for walking a batter. This season, he walked 18 in April. He's walked 18 so far in May. Holy moly, the control has just abandoned Alec Manoa, in particular against lefties. Three of his last four months of baseball, Alec Manoa has established a new career high, or in this case, career worst, for walks. It's been a steady decline. Wow, wow, wow. He came into this season at 29, uh, sorry, 25 and 9 in his career. He's 1 and 5 this season. He's he's more than doubled. He's more than doubled his career ERA this season. Holy moly. The Toronto Blue Jays were 34 and 17 when the big fella took the mound. That was coming into this season. They're four and seven this season. That includes losing seven of his last eight starts. And remember, we talked, we were looking at that earlier. That whole free fall coincided with the Blue Jays' free fall. That was a second place Toronto Blue Jay team when all of this started with Alec Manoa losing seven of his last eight starts. And now we know this is currently a last place Toronto Blue Jay team. So the Jays and Manoa certainly need to pick it up. 
another reason I'm a cause for optimism, you know, we looked at the walks and, and, and the and the control struggles for Manoa this season. Milwaukee doesn't walk very often, and Manoa's given up his share of deep flies this season. In particular, been rocked at Rogers Center. Well, Milwaukee is decent at best with hitting home runs. And again, Willie Adamas, their number two for home runs behind Rowdy Teles. He's not there right now. So I think Alec Manoa primed for a good start tonight. Does he need it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Come on. All kinds of fingers crossed for Alec Manoa on the mound tonight against the Milwaukee Brewers, right? Yes, indeed. Now, that will wrap up Wednesday's Locked On Blue Jays. Join me tomorrow for Throwback Thursday, and we look at Throwback Toronto Blue Jays stories. Plus, we'll deep dive the Brewers and Blue Jays series finale. That's Kevin Gosman versus Freddie Peralta. Catch that matinee game on SiriusXM, of course. For now, keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully on Locked On MLB.